one of us in the wreckage, brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things The Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFR Batpod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, maybe even suggestions for the show, you can reach us by email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and today we're here to talk about quite a few, a plethora of DC-related things. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about our giveaway that's upcoming that I've teased in the past. We're going to talk a little bit about Fandome, and then, of course, we're going to cover the two most recent episodes of Titans Season th- 3. And I could not do that alone. I couldn't fly solo, so joining me once again is my co-host, my partner in crime, Joe Fornerado. Joe! Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. I just called you to see if you wanted to talk about the Bond movie, and you just kind of threw this on me. So, well, uh, I guess I could talk Titans for a little bit. Well, I figure while we're talking, we might as well record it, you know? (laughs) I mean, we can talk about Bond. I don't know that our audience would be very interested in that, checking a Batman show out to hear Bond. (laughs) Yeah. But no, this is... uh... Thank you again for having me on. Yeah, we uh, we missed last week with Titans, so we got to wrap up the the last two episodes, and we got a really fun week coming up with Fandom, so this will be good. Yes, 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 and we will get to that in just a moment, but as I said, we do have uh, to celebrate our first year as a podcast and our first holiday season as a podcast. We are doing a very fun, exciting giveaway for the holidays. Now, the the, the holiday Gifts, I guess, will be distributed and they will be announced who's getting them in December. So you have uh, you have uh, around two months um, now on the next episode. This is what you need to pay attention for, because on the next episode of this show and the same day that it drops, I will, of course, put the information out on our social media pages. We are going to announce the rules so that you can be caught up and know what you need to do to be entered to win some of these prizes. But what are the prizes? Well, I will tell you. We have three of the Hot Wheels, the Batman Batmobiles available. We have a digital code for Batman, the Long Halloween Part 2. And our grand prize, we have a copy of Absolute Batman, the Killing Joke. Now, I think there are going to be one or two more prizes sprinkled in there. You will get the official list next week when we release the rules for the the giveaway. So keep your eyes on our social media pages and make sure you listen to the very next episode of this show so you can be in the loop. I'm excited about this giveaway. What do you think about it, Joe? Oh, this is this is really cool. I I think, uh, you know. With with the long Halloween wrap up we did that that's a great one to win and the killing joke the absolute killing joke that's that's really cool that that you're giving that away that seems like something that a lot of people should want oh for sure I mean and I think you have a copy of that right yes I do I I I have one as well I think it's one of the it's one of the best constructed absolutes that I have uh, just because it's got the two you know the two versions of the of the story it's got the newly colored and it's got the original coloring and also just all the information and the, the bonuses that come with it I think it's a really great absolute so I'm, I'm 
I'm looking forward to uh, being able to share that with with someone else, one of the listeners of the show. So, guys, keep your eyes and your ears on TFR to find out how you can win some of these very cool bat prizes. But moving on, speaking of cool bat things and DC-related topics, next weekend is going to be a huge weekend for DC because uh, October 16th, is DC Fandom 2021. Now, Fandom 2020 was really, I mean, especially during COVID, was one of the bright spots of 2020 for me. We got so much cool stuff out of uh, out of DC Fandom, and I'm really looking forward to this year. Uh, Joe, what's your anticipation level for DC Fandom 2021? Well, it's crazy to think we're already at you know, fandom again. Last year, it took place in August, if I remember right. So we're over a year away from that. And Mm -hmm. to think we've gone, you know, through, it's hard to think of fandom without thinking of the Batman. I mean, obviously for, for most of us, the two highlights from last year were the Batman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. And to think we've already come and gone with Zack Snyder's Justice League and, you know, got to enjoy that. And we haven't had anything from, the Batman since then, really. I mean, we've had a couple of announcements, maybe some teases here and there, but to to know that that's going to be their big, uh, it seems like that's going to be their big finale of fandom is the Batman trailer. And I'm so excited to finally get more from that. And we're coming up on that movie pretty quick, you know, and that's just the tip of the iceberg with fandom. There is a lot coming. Well, yeah, and if you think about the trailer that we got for the Batman during Fandom last year, I mean, that was a huge treat for all of us, and DC has milked that trailer for all it's worth, because it's, (laughs) I mean, that's the biggest promotional uh, piece of the Batman that we've gotten thus far, and I saw, you said you haven't seen it in actual theater Correct. Jim. No, I haven't. No, I've been so disappointed too because you sit there for twenty five freaking minutes of trailers, and I keep, I keep hoping that I'm going to get it, and I haven't. Oh, Joe, this is a little bit of a tangent, and I apologize, but I do want to mention that it, the the trailers in movie theaters are getting they're they're getting a tad ridiculous. Uh, we were just talking about Bond at the beginning of the of the episode, and my wife and I saw Bond a few nights ago, the brand new film, No Time to Die. We, our theater, our showing started at 7.30, okay? It, they started on time with the trailers and everything, but No Time to Die didn't actually start until five minutes after eight. Oh, that's longer than, than I've waited. AMC is usually, for me, about 25 minutes. Yeah, we got, we got almost 35 minutes of trailers. Did you get the Batman trailer for that? We did not. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part is when you sit there for 35 minutes and you don't even get the trailers you want. Now, we did get the the newest Dune trailer, so that was really cool. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I just it's the same trailers I saw during Venom the week before. So. Yep. Uh, but anyway, that's a tangent. Uh, but the, the Batman trailer is absolutely, I agree with you. It seems to be from this little teaser we got because we just got a fandom teaser a few days ago and it seems they're really leaning on the, the new Batman trailer as kind of their main event. So it seems like two years in a row, um, Matt Reeves, the Batman is going to be the go-to event for fandom. Now, Joe, they, it seems like they've um, they've streamlined the event this year. It's not going to be as long as last year's, which is it's not a bad thing to me. 
Um, but out of everything that they've kind of shown in the teaser and, and just the, all the little promotional stuff that they've released, what are you looking forward to outside of the Batman trailer? What are you looking forward to the most out of this year's fandom? I have to say the flash because they, I, Muschietti has come out and said, we are not getting a trailer for the flash. Um, I don't remember if he said it on Instagram or where he actually did say it, but he did say we're not getting a trailer. But he said there will be some surprises. So I don't know if we're going to get a couple little clips or at least some more promos, like, uh, you know, just promotional images, maybe some official costume reveals, full costume reveals. I <laughs> Anything we get from The Flash, I'm really excited about. And it's hard to say that that's my most it's it's hard because I, I think we're probably going to get the least from that uh, from, you know, in, you know, in comparison to something like Black Adam. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm anticipating all of it, but I think I'm most curious to see what to what capacity we're going to get something from the Flash. I am looking forward to to whatever uh, Andy Muschietti brings us for that as well. I think um I think it may be a situation sort of like if you remember the Suicide Squad last year their panel they did not have a quote unquote trailer mm-hmm. per se because they didn't have one ready but they had they had a really cool almost like a featurette like a behind the scenes thing for the mm-hmm. Suicide Squad last year and, and I long. would it was long and I wouldn't mind seeing something maybe sort of like that but I don't know how much they really want to give away well, um that the, would be I'm sorry. If that, I just think that would be smart because we've seen so many behind the scenes set photos. That would almost be a way to do something new without giving anything away that we haven't seen already. Yeah, like you've seen the blurry, crappy set photos. Let's show you what this stuff really looks like. Exactly. That would be that would be very cool. Um, I think. So yeah, I am looking forward to that. I will say, from a gamer perspective, I am very much looking forward to whatever they're going to give us from Gotham Knights. Uh, that is, that is. Oh, what were you going to say? I said that's because you have a PS5. Oh, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that game, I mean, that game is the primary reason why I purchased a PS5 when I had the when I had the chance to. Uh, now, granted, I thought it was going to come a lot quicker uh, than it than it seems to be. I thought that game was going to be probably out by now when I bought it. But um, yeah, I've, I've really been looking forward to Gotham Knights. Um, I'm excited to jump back into a video game world around Gotham. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this, Joe, but this, this past week, uh, WB Games Montreal has sent out these little, um, I'm a little jealous. I didn't get one, but they sent out these little like, uh, Gotham Knights care packages to, to some people. Yeah, I did see that with um with some Court of Owl stuff, right? Yeah, it's got a Court of Owl yeah. mask and, and a few other little goodies. And you know how I feel about the Court of Owls. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. It looks like they're going to lean heavily on the Court of Owls for this video game. So, yeah, that's, that's my most anticipated thing from Fandom. That's not the Batman. But I do also want to mention before we move on from Fandom... It looks like we're going to – I don't know. It look, Do you think we're going to get a trailer for Black Adam? Because in the teaser, we got a little bit of footage that looked like footage of The Rock in the film. Yeah, well, 
so we have the Batman in March, and then the following film on the slate is Black Adam, correct? I believe so. And I don't remember what month it is, but I think the Flash is November. So I think Black Adam is the one that's in between the two. So, yeah, there's definitely a clip of The Rock. It looks like he's got the ears um, done for Black Adam. So it looks like it is definitely a uh, a shot from what could be a teaser. I, I think if you had to put money on anything that we're going to get footage from at least Black Adam and the Batman. Just based oh, yeah. on when these are being released and that teaser. And yeah, it's funny, like talking about Gotham Knights, you're right. I didn't even think about it. It was technically supposed to be out by this time this year. It got delayed. And it seemed like that was coming so fast when we looked at it last year. I can't believe it's been over a year and, you know, a couple months already. Mm-hmm. The- well, because the only thing they told us last year during fandom was it was going to be released in 2021. Yeah, and now and we know that that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I remember when the Suicide Squad video game was announced, everyone was like, oh, 2022, that's so far away. Why even bother? And now it's funny how we're we're coming up to both of those pretty quickly. Well, and again, video games tend to release trailers and things like that a lot, a lot further out than uh, movies do. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, But yeah, Black Adam will be July 29th, 2022. So okay. it... Yeah, we get the Batman in March and then um, Black Adam in July. And then, what is it? The Flash in November. And Aquaman in December, which I don't think we'll get very much out of Aquaman for fandom this year. I don't think I realized that Aquaman is still December of 22. I, I guess I just assumed it was further back than that they've had that date for a long time so i would love it if they kept it but when you think about how long the first one was in post-production for but i don't know that's one of those things and i think we've talked about it before that's one of those things that really baffles me uh with this release date because aquaman is still in production they're still filming and they're holding that December release date, whereas Shazam Fury of the Gods, it's done. <laughs> it's ready to go, and we're not going to get it until 2023. Yeah, so. I, yeah, like, why wouldn't you flip the two? I guess they want to keep Aquaman for December because it did so well there last time. But, yeah, it seems almost practically it would make a lot more sense just to put Shazam out because there's probably a lot less post-work for Shazam that needs to be done. But hey, I, I don't care. I'll take anything we're getting in December. If as long as we get a movie in December, I'm good with that. Yeah, I agree. I think um I think my well, I think what baffles me the most is it, I don't think the December uh part of it is what made Aquaman so much money. I think it's just yeah. it's it's the star power of Jason Momoa that made that first movie that much money. And I think it, I think Aquaman Two is one of those movies where you could put anywhere on the calendar and it's probably going to do well. Yeah. Well, it was the different, the different factor of Aquaman too. It was something that we hadn't seen before in a comic book film. I think that's mm-hmm. what really drew people to it. And the fact that it embraced the insanity of the character so well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, 
it's crazy to think how much they are going to put into fandom this year where fandom last year was such a blast. And there really wasn't a lot of films to discuss where this year, because of everything that happened with the pandemic and everything getting pushed back and kind of clumped together, we went from having really last year, we, we didn't even expect to get a trailer for the Batman. I, I, I we, they only filmed like 30% of the film. And then we got the justice league trailer this year. Mm-hmm. We're getting, all that other stuff. And it's pretty crazy to think like how far, you know, how much difference a year makes with, with the slate for next year. Well, yeah. And again, I think they've, um, I think they've learned some lessons from last year because now don't get me wrong. I think most people will tell you that so far as digital conventions go, I think DC had the best one last year. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was still some streamlining and some tooling to be done. So, and and I think uh, with the shorter runtime this year, they've definitely done that. And I think they've cut out some of the stuff that's kind of a little unnecessary. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to next weekend, and hopefully, um, hopefully we can we can get out uh, a little a little episode for you guys talking about all things fandom. But until then, for this. Week, uh, as Joe said at the top, we missed last week covering Titans, so we have two episodes to review for you guys today. So, without further ado, let's cover episodes 10 and 11 of season three of Titans. Okay, so Episode 10 of Season 3 is titled Troubled Water. And let's get into the synopsis here. Crane manipulates Gotham citizens against the Titans through a video that frames Dick Grayson and his team for the toxin outbreak, while also presenting Red Hood as the city's new hero. To help the police maintain the trust of the public, Dick has the team turn themselves in. However, they are attacked at the station by corrupt officers under the command of Fletcher, who received a bribe from Jason Todd. The team escapes, but Barbara is arrested for shooting Fletcher to save Dick. With the Titans separated and forced into hiding, Crane and Jason take residence in Wayne Manor. Attempting to heal her sister's injuries from the attack, Corey has her powers absorbed by Blackfire. Gar reunites with a newly arrived Rachel. Donna also arrives in Gotham after the Amazons test her leadership abilities. Now, Joe, I know that you didn't get a chance to uh, rewatch the episodes for this review, and honestly, neither did I. So from your best memory, what did you think of episode 10? Um, another strong episode from the show. I think the, I think the biggest takeaway for me with this episode was the action scene. The, the great action scene at the police headquarters at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was handled really well. I think, you know, and I think the, you know, the stuff with Donna was really strong. I liked seeing her return uh, after last week or after the prior week's episode. I think those were my favorite parts of this episode. I think we're at the part of the season now where things are coming to a head, but they still are holding back a little bit with, things really amplifying um i i keep using the word transitional like i I don't want to say all these episodes are transitional i think they're doing a really good job of setting up that final confrontation whatever it's going to be but i'm 
I'm itching to get there at this point. And I think there, I'm still entertained getting there, but because I think there's still a lot of great stuff going on with these episodes, but I'm, I guess I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm itching to get there. I think that's where the week to week is, is getting frustrating, not in a negative way. I think it's more of a a positive way because I'm enjoying it so much that I want to see how it's resolved. Well, and you, you had texted me uh, after watching episode 11 uh, and and you kind of said, you know, I feel like um, I can't remember exactly what you said, but something about I feel like this is where um, a shorter season is beneficial. Did you think that in in episode 10 or was that more episode 11? No, I don't think I felt that in episode 10. I think because I think 10 moved the story further along than episode 11 did. And I mm-hmm. I think maybe if they condensed both of these episodes into one episode, which I don't know how they would do that. I'm just saying for as far as plot goes to Mm -hmm. further the plot along a little quicker might benefit for me. But also if this is like a show that you can binge, this wouldn't matter to me in the least. It's more just because I feel like each week, I want more and more and more, and it's just not possible because we have to wait a week. And right. again, I'm I'm entertained the whole time. I am just getting there where I don't want to say it's padded. It's just it's slowing down a little bit. Yeah, and and I'm hoping um, to your point. I'm hoping that episodes twelve and thirteen are really just you know the the big action packed finale that that we're looking forward to, but. Um, so far as episode 10 here, uh, The Troubled Water, um, I think the biggest standouts for me was, of course, you know, Gar reuniting with Rachel. Because we've been waiting the whole season to see Rachel and Donna back included in the team, and now we kind of have that. And the characters of Gar and Rachel, they just seem to have such chemistry. And it's great to see them finally back on screen together. So what did you think of uh, of Rachel returning to Gotham here? Yeah, and I, I forgot that we get to see him and Rachel together in this episode because they're they're really heavily um, featured in the the following episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's um, is it Tegan Croft? Is, yes, uh, she she has grown to this part. It is so like it's it's like seeing a you know a, a young actress actually grow before our eyes with the last three seasons and. Like I said on one of the prior episodes, she's now like a woman, and we're 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 seeing her, and I've loved her as this more mature Raven. She has done such a great job of really, you know, just making this part her own, mm-hmm. and I I love seeing her with with Gar. We've said it numerous times. We feel like Gar sometimes gets the short end of the stick. Where I think they found um, they've done a better job this season of giving him more to do, but he still hasn't been. I don't think he's been the Gar that all of us really want. It's hard when you have so many characters in the show, but I think those two characters do work best when they're together. And yeah, their chemistry is excellent. We get to see more of them in the following episode. And I think going forward, that's going to be the best thing for both of those characters to see them together. Yeah, I agree. Um, Now, of course, you know, there's a few things I've had nitpicks over uh, this season, and, and one of the things in this episode I think is I, I, I'm very happy that Donna is back, and she's in Gotham, and she's trying to rejoin the team, and 
and figure out everything that's going on with her returning, obviously, from the grave. But I feel like they kind of downplayed um, the significance of how she returned and where she returned with, with Bruce Wayne. Because I don't think that that has really been fully explained. Um, no, they've I, almost ignored it. They, they, they have. And I, that's where I, I think I'm with you, but I still think it's going to come down to Rachel. I do think something is happening with Rachel where she is like feeling a connection to all these characters. And maybe that's the case. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things. I think, I think when people, um, when people critique Titans sometimes, and, and most of it I think is, is unfounded and unfair, but I think one of the biggest critique about Titans is is how sometimes they abruptly, you know, either end things or 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 switch, uh, do a little swerve on the storyline. And I hope that this Donna saving uh, Bruce from committing suicide is not something that's just dropped and not explored again, because that will be extremely frustrating. Mm. Um yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think it will be explained uh, in the next two episodes before the season ends. But yeah, that's that's uh, one of my biggest issues with with the Donna narrative so far. I was again, I was really hoping that they would they would have a very strong uh, storyline to bring Donna and Rachel back. I do think that the storyline of Donna and Tim coming back from the from the grave was handled really well. Cause that episode is still one of my favorites of the season. Um, so anyway, uh, that's just a little nitpick that I have, but overall, uh, just, um, just to kind of finish this one up, what did you think of the Titans turning themselves in and, and, and um, especially Dick spearheading, you know, that we need to get ahead of this thing. We need to turn ourselves in. What did you think of that whole arc here? I, I thought that was really good i i really did like that whole aspect of it it made it it kind of went against the trope of you know the 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 town going against the heroes and the heroes not trying to get on top of it they just kind of deal with it Mm -hmm. um i liked that whole aspect then they kind of threw it you know on its head with the you know with I, I don't think I realized until you read the synopsis and I, I'd seen it. They, they touch on it in the following episode. I don't think I ever realized that Jason did make a deal with that cop. I don't know mm-hmm. if I just missed or maybe I looked at my phone for a few seconds when that actually was shown on screen or if it was just implied. I don't remember that. Do you remember that actually happening on screen? To the best of my memory, and again, it's been two weeks since I've seen this episode, but to the best of my memory, it's, it's more of an implication and then they did kind of confirm that in the following episode, correct? Yes. Okay. So so I I was kind of like, what the heck is going on? Like, why are these guys turning on him? And then it makes more sense once you learn that that is what happened in the following episode. So um, I enjoyed the fight scene. I think they did a good job. I know a lot of people complain, you know, when, you know, there's some killing going on and, and that kind of stuff. And so I, I end up finding myself like watching out for that. Like, okay, don't kill the cops because people are going to complain, like handle this well, please. And I do it more for, I don't want to deal with the naysayers than I care myself. But um, Mm -hmm. I think they did a good job with that fight where it was really action packed and really, you know, showed each individual character um, getting involved without going over the top with stuff. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, Barbara, Barbara shooting Fletcher. I, I love that, even in the face of you know her being her being taken away for for murder, basically, um, or attempted. It, she, you know, she she does what's right, and I think it just furthers uh, the. The actress, and I can't remember her name right this second, but the actress that's playing Barbara this season is is continues to be fantastic, and I think she's been a bright spot um, in this season. Savannah Welch, that's her name. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really, really enjoyed the arc that they're taking her on. And um, so far as Red Hood, like becoming the city's new hero, I mean, it's, look, it's nothing, it's nothing new uh, for Gotham to turn against its heroes and embrace, you know not such a great ideal. So that's a trope that's been done before, but I think they do it pretty effectively here. And it, it just continues. It just continues Jonathan Crane's man, manipulation over not only red hood, but Gotham city. So I really liked episode 10. I think it was a pretty strong one. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's quite as strong as some of the, some of the bright spots we've already mentioned in this season, but uh, that's that's episode 10, Troubled Water. Do you have anything else on Troubled Water before we move on, Joe? Nope, that's it. Okay, awesome. All right, so uh, the next episode that we're going to cover here is episode 11, and the title is The Call is Coming from Inside the House. And the synopsis is Dick accepts a challenge to face Jason in public. The confrontation sees Dick emerge victorious, but a crowd of bystanders attack him. Jason retreats to Wayne Manor, where he discovers Crane has turned violent from a psychotic break. Instigated by information that Gar uncovered, Rachel finds the Lazarus Pit before her powers alert her of Dick being in danger. A reunited Donna and Tim learn that Crane is plotting to have corrupt officers assault Tim's city block, prompting Donna to lead the residents in fighting back. After being shot, Corey experiences a vision that reveals her parents had Blackfire's powers transferred into her. Corey emerges from the vision with a new ability to generate blue light. Nightwing confronts Red Hood, where he is assaulted by a crowd supporting Red Hood and is shot in the neck as we leave the episode. All right, Joe. So this is the episode that uh, that you were texting me about, and you kind of... I don't know if you kind of thought this one was plotting a little bit or not getting to the point, but what did you think of uh, the call is coming from inside the house? Well, here's the thing with this episode. I, I still like the episode. Mm-hmm. I was more interested in everything but Jason in this episode. And I mm-hmm. think that's what bothered me with the episode is the Jason stuff didn't move forward as much as I would like it to. And that's, it kind of makes sense that that would be the case because we only have two episodes left and we're kind of at the point of no return with Jason anyway. So they Mm -hmm. felt, okay, let's, let's move along what's going on with Tim and Donna and what's moved along with, um, with uh, Starfire and the Starfire stuff is the best part of the episode. I love the Tim stuff. The Tim stuff is great with him and Donna and his little, his little bat cave underneath the, uh, the restaurant was great. It's so Tim. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure people will complain that he's like, oh, I found all this stuff and it's like state of the art stuff. But I, you know what? Uh, that's the well, kind of stuff that I love because it's comic booky. Like that, that doesn't bother me. And it's Gotham. Odds are you yeah. probably could find that stuff in a, in an alley because it's been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He didn't steal it, but he found it like whatever. Yeah. And so that's the stuff that I really did enjoy with the episode. The Jason stuff. 
my biggest nitpick has been I think both of our biggest nitpicks since day one with the show is mm. and I think they're almost drawing the line in the sand in this episode that Crane is not going to wear the mask and here's my thing do you get the idea that it was almost I really hope this isn't a DC thing saying you can use Jonathan Crane, but you can't put him in the mask. I really hope that's not the case because Titans has gone out of their way this season to show more of the costumes. Why are they not putting Crane in the mask? So I think if we don't get him in the mask at all the whole season, I do believe that it might be one of those weird things for um, a, like a weird Mandy, which doesn't make any sense because it's not like they're not calling him Scarecrow. Like, they were able to yeah. use Scarecrow on Gotham. Like, why wouldn't they be able to do that? Well, you know, it's it's not the first time, if, if that's the case. It's not yeah, the I first time. Yeah, I don't know time. if that's the case. It just seems very weird that yeah, they're it, almost making it a plot point that he's not wearing the mask now in this episode. Yeah, I thought that that is the part that kind of frustrated me the most about this episode is when he looked at the mask in the case. I was like, oh, oh this, this is when it's going to happen. So when he saw the mask in the cage, I'm like, okay, that's perfect. That's why he hasn't worn the mask. It didn't even occur to me. He doesn't have the mask. Now he has the mask. Mm-hmm. Which that I mean, was I'm... like, that answered all of our questions. And I'm like, oh, he's going to put the mask on now because he just got it. It was in the Batcave. We saw it in the Batcave. I just forgot that that was there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not where they went. Yeah, and, and that's that that really frustrated me when we got to the end of the episode and he's he's scarred his face up like yeah. this is this is the new face of Scarecrow kind of and I was like ah that's that's I wanted him in that mask. I thought it was going to be like an implication thing like our masks are off and that was his way of putting the mask on. Like yeah. he was going to be like, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask and when he takes the mask off he's Batman type of thing. I thought they were going to do that. And yeah. he didn't burn the mask. The mask is still there. So I'm still, I'd say I'm, I'm definitely not expecting it at this point, but I'm hopeful to about, I don't know, 30%. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got less hope than that. I yeah, think, I don't know. Uh, I bad. think once I saw him with the scarred up face, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah this is, this is where they're going for him this season. I don't know why they made that decision. Uh, if, if it's a decision they stick with, it will most likely be my biggest sticking point for the entire season is they just yeah. wouldn't put him in the freaking mask. Um, and, and let's not pretend that WB and DC hasn't been weird about this kind of stuff before because they have. Um, I don't know why they feel really weird about letting their characters be seen on screen in certain ways, but it's they're they're weird about it. So yeah. I, and again, we don't we don't know that that's what's happening, but yeah, if I was a Titans executive, you know, someone involved in the show, you got to come out and tell us that because you know people are complaining about that. Like you have to almost have someone come out and say, yeah, they wouldn't let us put them in the mask. Which, mm. again, everyone's going to just cry foul against WB for that. And I can't even... All the stuff that I defend this show for, or WB for in general, that's one thing that I will not even try to defend. Because I want him in that stupid mask so bad. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, look. I love WB as a studio. Uh, they've made they've definitely made some mistakes. 
Um, but I love them as a studio. But one thing I will never understand is how weird they've been about their characters because we could have gotten some really cool stuff over the years if they hadn't been so strange about it. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but I think overall, outside of that, outside of the whole Scarecrow thing, I do think I enjoyed this episode probably, I would say, more than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Because you're absolutely correct about the Jason stuff. The, the, this is not a Jason-focused episode. And I think this is one of those things where Titans does, where at a certain point, there's episodes here and there where the main plot takes a back seat to everything else that's going on. And depending on how well that's done is, uh, is, is dependent on if I enjoy the episode or not. And I think the reason that I did enjoy this one specifically is because I like to see the rest of the team sometimes too. And I think one of my complaints earlier in the episode is I as I was very hopeful that it just wasn't going to be um, all about Gotham and the Bat family and forget about all the other Titans. And I think that this episode gave the rest of the Titans a lot to do. Um, I love, as I've said a few episodes back, I really love that Gar is the one that's trying to figure out this whole thing with Jason, and now he's got Rachel with them. I love that she helps him find the Lazarus pit, so they're kind of unraveling what's going on with Jason as it goes along, and I've really enjoyed that part. Mm-hmm. And then um, the the Corey and Blackfire storyline I thought was fascinating in this episode. We finally got an answer to why she's seeing all these flashbacks uh, or these, you know, these these visual these visions that she's been having the whole season, and I really enjoyed the uh, the flashback to how everything went down with her and Blackfire as children. What did you think of the, of the whole flashback scene? I loved all of that, and I, I'm going to assume this is not like this in the comics. I don't know because I haven't read a lot of Blackfire stuff in the comics. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar. Nope. Yeah, if it, like, I don't care either way, because I think it is a really, I'd almost um, admire it more if this isn't how it is in the comics, because it's such a cool way to play on what we know about the character. And again, I'm, I could be completely wrong here, but from what I expected, this is not what I expected. So I love that whole, okay, so now is, you know, is Starfire going to feel guilty for the reason why her sister is this way. I think that adds so much more to the characters and it makes us because we've kind of gotten to like Blackfire to an extent in this season, or at least I definitely have, it Mm -hmm. adds more to why she is the way she is. So if she does go full evil, we not that we agree with her, but we'll at least see more of a factor as to why she is the way she is, which I think is, is just excellent. I think I think everything with her character and Starfire's character this season has been really good. I know you had the one nitpick of her killing the uh, the mob lady. Uh, to me, that's one of my highlights of the season because I, I would have killed her too. Uh, but that's, well, that's another conversation. Well, and I'll be honest with you. After seeing this flashback and learning – because the whole story, the background of those two as sisters is almost kind of Shakespearean through a comic book lens. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost a tragedy because one black or um, Starfire was the firstborn. She was the next in line for the throne, but she didn't have these powers uh, that she was supposed to have uh, to take the throne. 
and Blackfire is born and she does. So the family basically uses a spell to switch and and make Starfire the the powerful one. So yeah, it's almost it, it is almost like a like a uh, like a Shakespearean tragedy of of these two sisters kind of having a resentment from each other because of what their parents had done and not even knowing, you know. So it kind of the the killing of of uh, Valeska earlier in the season almost makes more sense to me now that they've explained this because this is almost Blackfire's influence because of her powers over Corey. Oh, I see what you're saying. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, so uh, that nitpick has kind of gone down a little bit for me now because uh, this episode just made it make a lot more sense. And and I could be completely off base with that, but that's just where my mind meant, mind went watching the episode. So yeah, I think um I think this part of the story was my favorite part of the episode and I'm really looking forward to to not only how they tie up the whole season but how they tie Blackfire and Corey into this uh into this finale here. And I guess they were saying that so Starfire was born with powers, they just didn't manifest themselves and now they are. Is that what they're implying with this? That's how I took it. That's how I took it as well because it Which seems is really like she cool has because it's, they're going to be like different powers now. Yeah, it seems like she has a different power set from from Blackfire. Um, but yeah, again, the 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 Donna and Tim scenes that you talked about, I really like them together as well. Uh, they, it's almost even though they just met, uh, from what they went through in the underworld, it seems like there's a there's a um, kind of sister brother vibe going on. Like <laughs> Donna doesn't know this guy, but she she has the tendency that she needs to take care of him. And I, I, I love the, the back, the little back cave that he had as well. I thought that was really cool, but yeah. So the finding of the Lazarus pit with Gar and Rachel, what did you, what did you think of, of that whole sequence? Well, I'm sorry, just while you were on Tim, did you want okay. to talk about how his wound is healing? Now, is that Rachel doing that subconsciously? Cause that's what I meant by Rachel kind of having this power over everyone that she's not even aware of yet. I don't think because like Tim makes a comment saying like his wound is healing already. And that's not by mistake. They obviously are saying that for a reason. And that's how I took it. Did you take it that way? You know, you're right. I, that's actually one of the things in the episode that I really didn't think that much about. I just thought that was an aspect of him coming back from, from wherever they went when they died. Uh, It would be really interesting if Rachel, because she's kind of taken a back step for the season, she might come out and be the one that brings everything together because as we could see, her powers are just growing exponentially and like I said early on in the season, when the big bad is a human like Jason, mm-hmm. how do you come up with ways for the Titans as a team to fight Jason throughout a 13 episode season? You really can't. So you sideline Rachel in the mascara. You you find different ways to have Dick and Jason have these great fights without bringing the rest of the team in. I would not be shocked if the final confrontation is something like you know, you know, where Rachel is the one to solve everything. It very well could be. And I mean, we now know because of that interview that, um, that Alan Richmond uh, or Richson had, 
about his departure, we know that the that the showrunners and the and the executives behind the scenes at Titans wanted to reduce the cast so they could spend more time and, and develop these all these characters. Yeah. So yeah, that that I mean that makes sense to me. Um, I, I'm really like I said, I'm really looking forward to to how they wrap this up. I again. I don't know. I didn't feel the same way about this episode as you did. And I don't, I don't know if it's maybe, maybe the, the Jason Todd back well, so, thing was your sticking point. I, but. Yeah. Cause I love the episode. Like that's like, as I were talking about it, I'm thinking about everything, but the Jason stuff. I think I just, it's not that when I said, I thought it would have benefited from maybe a shorter season. It wasn't because I felt like I'm not interested I just feel like when it's shorter, every episode moves everything further. Where it, or you could have left Jason out of this episode altogether, which they'd done in the past few seasons, where don't even further the Jason story in this, but then we would lose out on the great fight scene at the end. So this is why I'm not a writer, people. <laughs> like I, <laughs> This is why I really don't critique much, because... If I'm enjoying myself, I don't really care. I'm not going to try to tell people how to do their jobs and, oh, this is bad writing and this is that. Because at the end of the day, if it all comes together and I'm entertained, I don't care. And the more we do talk about it, I think about how much greatness there was in the episode. I guess from a – it's not about it being entertained. It's just strictly from – I guess Crane not wearing the mask. It was like they had to find a new way to further the story with him without the mask. I think that bothered me. Mm -hmm. And – their dynamic did not move forward that much. I think that's really my only sticking point in this episode. And for whatever reason, that was just what the episode ended on, I guess, where it didn't do it for me. But everything else in the episode was so much fun. It was just a shame that that was the last thing I thought of when the episode ended. Well, yeah. And and I think, um, I think for me, that was overcome by the storyline of, of Nightwing being shot mm-hmm. because that is the hook for me to, Oh crap. What, what's going to happen in the next episode? You know, obviously I don't think they're going to let Nightwing die, but it, it, it does intrigue me to where they're going to go uh, because it was, it was something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So I did want, I did want to touch on that before we, before we wrap up. What did, what did you think of uh, Dick being shot here at the end of the episode? So honestly, I guess because I don't expect him to die, I didn't, I guess that's why it probably didn't grab me as much as it probably should have, because Mm. I don't think anything's going to come of it. So I'm like, ah, like that's kind of a, that's a weird way to, to get me nervous because I just don't expect Dick to die. Have you seen the speculation that some people have had that the reason they're uncovering the Lazarus pit is they might put Dick in the pit? And I don't want to be the guy to say I don't like that, but I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> I think it depends on how they get there. Yeah. I mean, if the next episode opens with, you know, them dragging Dick to the Lazarus pit and and that's just it, you know, I, I that that might be a little hokey for me. Um but I don't know. I, I we'll just have to see how they how they do it. Um, and we don't even know that he's going to actually die. Yeah, because I I honestly never even took it as him dying. 
So I saw that speculation from people with the whole Lazarus pit thing. And I'm like, Oh, I never even considered that. I just figured like he got shot in the neck, but it's a comic book show and he'll be fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's Dick Grayson. Like it never even crossed my mind that he could die. I was more like, Oh damn, like that kid just shot him. And that was really where my thought, like I thought less about that than I did Tim's wound healing, which it shouldn't be the case because it's the big, you know, cliffhanger quote unquote at the end of the episode. But that is, well, I'm going to be honest with you with, with Titans, especially this season, I never just assume anymore what can happen, That's especially true. with, imagine with characters. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. If so I, that Tim leads the Titans. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I actually, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit and I'm looking forward to, and I, and I do think that you enjoyed the episode. I'm not going to uh, suggest that you didn't. Uh, I, I do think you had a few more uh, qualms with it than I did though, but I've enjoyed the worst episodes of seasons one and two. I've probably enjoyed more than most people have enjoyed the best episodes. So my, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. My negative uh, thoughts are not the negative thoughts of, um, of most people. My, my negative thoughts are still pretty positive. Yes. Well, either way, we are both uh, still very invested in Titans season three. I still, uh, I can't, I say this every episode, but I, I just have to say it again. I still think this is the best episode uh, or season that they've had so far. Um, the the writing, the effects, everything has just been top notch this season. So I'm looking forward to how they end it. And honestly, you talking about the the episode count, I can't believe we're just two episodes away from the end here. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. And listen, there have been so many high points to all three of these seasons. Mm-hmm. I can't wait just in this season alone to be able to watch all 13 episodes in a row as quick as possible, because I think that's where, when we get to, you know, we're on episode 11, think about how long ago it was that Hank died. And I know to go back now and look at episodes like one, where we're first introduced to Savannah Welch's Barbara, a lot has happened since then. And it all ties together. So it will work better once we can rewatch it or watch it quicker because we, we do have other things that we watch and enjoy and distract us. And it does kind of take away sometimes to how we're feeling when we watch, you know, the first episode in a week. So, mm-hmm. or at least for me, I can't speak for other people, but that sometimes does affect me. So I'm so excited to, to get to these final two episodes and I would love to be able to kind of go back and, and rewatch the whole season before we get to the finale. That would be a really, it wouldn't be an easy thing for me to do, but I would love to try to do that. Yeah. And I think it's also worth pointing out that season four is not guaranteed because we haven't heard anything about that yet. I know it was rumored before this season even started that it was picked up, but not officially. Yeah. It's not official. So we don't know. I mean, anything could happen at the end of this season. But to, to go on the other side of that. Did you really think we were getting three seasons of Titans after DC universe? Well, no, I mean, that's true. (laughs) So I like, think about how far we've come since the DC universe app launched and people were writing that damn thing off before it even started. And we've gotten three seasons of the first show that they put on. We've gotten three seasons of doom patrol (laughs) off of that. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's pretty crazy that that little app that really couldn't, has still spawned some great shows. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, they've it, DC Universe has left its mark without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but I, I, interestingly enough, I will say we were talking about the fandom teaser earlier, and we didn't even mention this. Uh, Titans was pretty heavily featured in that teaser. Yeah, and so all the TV stuff we haven't we hadn't mentioned any of the TV stuff between Superman and Lois, between Titans, Doom Patrol, uh, Peacemaker, all that stuff is featured. Um, not to you know kind of take over here, but you know we got Leslie Grace is in that teaser for Batgirl. There is mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in that teaser. Yeah, so who knows? We could get some um, some renewal announcements for. For this show, we could get one for Doom Patrol for season four. We, the, who knows? I'm 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 really hoping we get a season two confirmation for us. Uh, well, we've already got a season two confirmation for Superman and Lois, haven't we? Oh, they already started filming. Yeah, that's right. So we're good on that one. I'm yeah. just uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, we'll see next weekend what the future holds in store for for Titans. Hopefully, they'll announce something for that. But I'm until then, oh, go ahead. Just because it's featured, like, why would they even bother featuring it with only one episode left in the season? You would hope that they are obviously a l- positive enough to, to have it featured. So that's hopefully that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I mean, there's no way to tell how this is doing because nobody has released any numbers or anything like that. But I mean, just in our circles, I've seen a lot of conversation about this season. So we'll see. But. Until we get to Fandom next weekend and until we get to the next episodes of Titans, that is where we're going to put a pin in it for today. So until next time, Joe, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as jforn 11 and on Facebook as Joe Forno. Thanks again for having me on. Oh, for sure. And uh, so far as my personal accounts, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. The show, once again, can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. Our email is TFRBatPod at gmail.com. If you could take a minute out of your day to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, if you leave us a rating or review or an email, we will read it on the show. Once again, keep an eye and an ear out to all things TFR in the coming week and weeks for announcements about our holiday giveaway. Make sure you're not left out of that. And also, we have a presence on Public. Our new logos will hopefully be going on there soon. We had a little bit of a snafu with those, but hopefully they'll be going on there very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we don't ask that you buy anything from us, but if you would like to, we certainly appreciate it. That's T Public. Just go to their website and search TFR Batpod. But until next time, when we get to talk all things about DC fandom, remember to keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. 
The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. I did some digging. I found some of Bruce Wayne's old journals and I found this symbol. Bruce wrote that it's related to a place of rebirth, the Lazarus Pit. <laughs> might be crazy, but I keep thinking, like, this might be the key to everything.